So hello and welcome to Spinalpedia's Disability Employment Success Stories. My name is Tiffany Carlson and I'm the Executive Director of Spinalpedia.com. So today we are joined by Kelly Morris. She is from Virginia and we are very excited to share her employment journey with you. So without further ado, hey Kelly, welcome. Hi. So thanks again. I'm excited to talk to you. I don't even know much about you. So I was hoping that if you don't mind, we could talk a little bit first just about your disability and, you know, when it happened and that kind of thing, if you don't mind sharing. Uh, sure. So I am a C6 paraplegic. Okay. Um, about four years ago, I was in my third year of optometry school and I um, thought I had the flu, like I just felt sick. And um, I was paralyzed from the nose down within five days. Um, doctors couldn't really figure out what, what was going on. Um, so it wasn't like an, an injury or an accident or anything like that. But um, I got a diagnosis a year later that it was uh, acute disseminating encephalomyelitis, oh. um, which is basically just um, an autoimmune disease disease. Uh, and I just explain it to people as like I got meningitis basically. It's like an easier way to say it. That's um, weird. But yeah, I was paralyzed from the nose down, vocal cords, um, everything. I was on the ventilator. Wow, that's crazy. You've come a long way since then, haven't you? Yeah, <laughs> a long way. So you have the functioning of a, like a paraplegic um, or so it looks like. I could, I'm not sure, but... Yeah, that. so yeah, I've awesome. made progress down to T6. That's um, pretty I was good. In, uh, full upper body strength. So. Wow, that's that's crazy. So when you get that kind of injury, do the doctors ever explain what causes it? It just happens out of the blue, huh? Um, yeah, so basically it's uh, kind of like a one in a million thing that happens. Um, um, and it's more likely to occur in children. Okay. Uh, but I was 24. So there's not really much research on um, how it happens, why it happens, prognosis, anything like that, yeah. um, which probably took them, which is why it took them so long to figure out what was going on, I guess. Wow. All they knew was I started to respond to treatment, and and I started to turn a corner. I was no longer getting worse, so that was really all that mattered at that point. Well, that's crazy. What is what a situation to go through while you're going to college for optometry? For, for that's eye school, right? To learn how to be an eye doctor. Yeah. That's crazy. So, wow. <laughs> that's, that's, so you must have had to take some time off of school after, your, uh, after you became paralyzed, huh? Yeah, so I took two years off of school. Okay. Um, when I returned, all my classmates had already graduated. Oh, man. So that was really difficult, too. <laughs> I bet it was. So what did you figure out, like, um, like how long were you in rehab and then did you have like a goal set for yourself um, and when you wanted to get back how did you finally get back into school um so I have wanted to be an eye doctor since the third grade okay um so I've always known this was my goal and I I mean I was in the hospital and I was like someone bring me my eye equipment I need to start practicing and they're like so you can't even move like <laughs> you can't move your hand or anything how are you going to do that <laughs> so I think I was determined like right away anyways cool I spent um like two months in the ICU and then three months um in uh acute rehab okay. and I did like as soon as I gained 
a little bit of movement and was able to um, like hold my equipment, then I started telling my occupational therapist, like, I got to learn how to do this. Um, Little did I know it was, it would take a lot longer than that. Um, But I had one semester left of classes. um, So I pretty much took that whole semester from home online. Nice. um, Which was the hardest semester of all of optometry school, if you ask me. Um, So to do that online was really hard, but my school was like really helpful. And um, my professors like made time to talk to me on the phone and give me some one-on-one help. Um, Because like I said, my classmates had already graduated. I didn't really have anyone going through it at the same time. It must have been really um, weird. It was yeah. a lot of adaptation. <laughs> oh my gosh! So you they let you work from or study from and do all of your your studies from home until you graduated. Well, yeah. So it was just a semester left of classes, so I was able to do that at home while I was, you know, going to therapy and everything. Yeah. Um, and then it took a little while longer, but then I um, I continued to get some independence back, and I had to finish a uh, basically a year worth of um, clinical, like practical work. Right. Um, so, uh, I moved to Philadelphia by myself. Whoa. Um, and, uh, was, and was able to go back to school and do all of my clinic work there. Um, I lived there for a year by myself, um, before moving home about a year ago. Wow. Did you get any support from any state vocational services or anything that when you went back to school? Um, so I think I was a little bit lost, like within the system, I didn't really know Mm -hmm. what services were available. Um, so when I got to school, like my school was really helpful and they adapted one of the exam rooms for me. Like it was at the end of the hallway. It was the accessible room, like for patients. Um, but we made it the accessible room for the doctor for me. And I had like all of my equipment all in one room. So I wasn't going um, to multiple places and um, a lot of it was digital because I couldn't reach things and that was the hardest thing like I couldn't reach an overhead light to right. turn it to help someone read or whatever That's um, crazy. Yeah. so that was helpful there but when I moved um, uh, when I started to think about coming back home and get more like full-time clinic work um, I was connected to um, vocational rehab here in Virginia Wow. And they they actually had helped me get my hand controls. Oh, uh, my local um, DARS program uh, hadn't done that before, nice. so it was kind of a learning experience for both of us. And wow. since they had helped me with my hand controls, I was like, you know what, I really need I need a standing wheelchair. Oh, and I was like, if I had that, I wouldn't need any adaptation like at all. I can use any exam room. I could see any patient. Yes, I could reach anything. Uh, so I started that process, and I, I was fitted for a standing wheelchair, and that's what I use now in clinic. Oh, that is so great. Can you share which kind you use? There's a lot out there, and I, some of them look kind of like tippy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, um, what happened was the vocational rehab um, counselors, and like a couple of them, came to um, an optometry office here locally at my hometown. Um, and they brought like a couple chairs with them to the actual office. And I was able to try them in the office so I could tell them like, this is what I have difficulty now, like in my regular chair. And this is what I, this is what I can do. This is what I can't do. This is what I can't reach. It's great. And um, we kind of problem solved together. And 
uh, I've never been really good at steering the um, electric wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was not very good at that, especially in like the tight quarters of the exam um, room. Yes. Um, so, so I did better with the manual chair. Okay. And um, I ended up, it's called the Levo. Oh, Yes, I've seen um, those online. Those look good. Yeah, and what's also nice is that I was able to get an extra bracket, and I can attach my smart drive to it, so I can still make it electrical if I need to get around, like on carpet or anything. Wow. So with the, with your standing chair, has that basically eliminated all problems at your job, and now you're able just to do it just like you would if you hadn't been injured? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. And it's kind of funny because as soon as like I'll I'll talk to my patient and um get like history and find out why they're there. And mm -hmm. then I'll go to like um bring the machine in front of their eyes and like show them the lenses. And in order to reach it, I like have to stand up, like even if it's like just three inches. But I like raise myself up and the patient always looks at me and they're like, Whoa, that is cool. <laughs> it's just really funny to see everyone's like reactions to it. Oh, that is awesome. That's so great. And have you found too that patients are pretty receptive to having a doctor in a wheelchair? <laughs> um, I was actually really, that was one of my most nerve wracking things of returning. It wasn't like, am I going to be able to do this? It was more like, right. Mm -hmm. Are they going to think I'm like confident? Like, right. I'm their doctor. I was worried they're going to be like, no, I don't know if I want to see her. Right. Um, but I feel like it's given me an advantage, like in healthcare. Cool. I feel like um, patients are more receptive to talking to me and opening up to me about like the troubles they have and that's awesome. Um, like what's going on or what they need help with. I love seeing, you know what? And sometimes you think it's going to go one way and it goes the other way. And that is really cool. People think the disability is a disadvantage, but in many times it helps us in our, in our jobs. It's really great. So yeah, that's so cool. It's helped a lot. So, okay, so I also, let's see, um, do you have any advice, since you're so good at, you know, figuring out accommodations, you know, at now it seems like you are, and if someone's, you know, trying to get an accommodation for their job, do you have any advice on how to do that? Um, like I said, I just kind of figured it out on my own. You kind of have to learn from experience, but I think having that determination and knowing what I wanted to do was helpful. Like, like I said, it's what I wanted to do since the third grade. And I've had people tell me all the time, like, wow, that's so great of you for um, going back and for finishing and yep. all of that. But for me, like, it, it was never a choice. Like, I didn't even think twice about it. I was just like, this is my goal and I'm going to make it happen. And so cool. I don't want to be cliche and say, like, where there's a will, there's a way. Because I know things are difficult. And yeah. I mean, it's still difficult now, but um, you kind of have to figure out how to make it work and like I said I've reached out to the people that um like have they know yeah how to help with these things like the occupational therapist I was like this is what I have trouble with what are what's your advice on how to fix this problem and um people have been really helpful like just have to ask for help I guess I love that. I've never been good at it before, but I've learned to be good at it. <laughs> you're very inspiring. And I've talked to a lot of people. I'm in a wheelchair too. I didn't realize you're an eye doctor. This is so great. And I, I wish I would live by you. I would see you from eye, my eyeglasses. <laughs> um, so I, I, you know, and I, this is, I have another question. Now, this is, I think a lot of people when they're in a wheelchair or just have a spinal cord injury and they find a lot of awesome things from just working again. And so uh, my question is, what do you like most? 
about being employed? What do you love about your job? Like, what do you get out of it? The um, I like helping people see. <laughs> um, but one of my subspecialties that um, I that I kind of do, I can't like make it a full time job right now. But one of my special interests is um, a division of optometry called Low Vision. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with a retina doctor a couple of days a week, and he um, he sees a lot of patients with advanced degenerative diseases or um, like macular degeneration, if you've heard of that, or mm. um, just different processes that these patients have low vision, like they are actually legally blind. Wow. Like their glasses are not going to help them to see. And I talk to them all the time about, um, they're like, you know, I just want to be able to read the newspaper or um, like, oh, I'm 87 and I, you know, I want to be able to see the Bible at mm-hmm. church or you know, just little goals that I think a lot of us might take you know, for granted, and um, that's where, like, my disability has, like, I think they see me, and they can, like, relate in some way to, like, you know, open up and tell me what their struggles are, and then take my advice when um, I can say, like, hey, I can relate to some degree here, Um, so my favorite thing about it is, like, being able to help some of these people, like, just do a simple task, like, read the morning newspaper with their coffee. Oh yeah, that's huge. You're changing someone's life in a massive way, which, you know, when you have a disability, you know exactly what that's like. I mean, I know too, you can change someone's whole, you know, trajectory into their, like how they feel their future is going to be. So cool. So, okay. So why do you think being employed with a disability is important? Um, Well, I think like my job and seeing so many people in one day, um, especially like in the position I'm at, Mm-hmm. Um, I think some people like kind of look up to me or it's kind of breaking like yeah. some kind of stigma about disabilities I like to think of it as like I know there's a whole movement um, I'd read an article on like NPR and I follow an Instagram hashtag about yeah. with disabilities and um, it's like uh, just having more of that in healthcare and like making people know like that's not as uncommon as we may think yeah making it more of like a a spotlight and more like in the eye of the public like that disabilities are everywhere and they can happen at any time and um we we don't i mean yeah we have some limitations but like we can still do everything that other people do we still have a job and you know a job as a doctor whatever that may be. I love that. That is so true. People think it's a life ender, but it's not the end of our lives, is it? It's still, life still does go on. Um, so that's, that's a good answer. I love that. So, okay, I have one more question for you. Um, what advice would you give to people with disabilities um, who are interested in working? Um, well, definitely that there are things out there that can help you. Like, I didn't really know that. Like I said, Mm-hmm. Um, but like my local department of aging and rehabilitative services have helped so much. And I mean, honestly, just talking to other people, like within the disability community, like, yeah, you know, what has worked for you, what hasn't worked. Um, and I don't know, just finding a way to make it work, whatever, whatever you're passionate about, like yep. making great. that work for you and what your abilities are. I always say that too, find your passion and follow it and and don't let anyone stop you. I think that's, it's so hard when you have a spinal cord injury. A lot of people, of course, feel like they can't 
continue on their same path. I think it's so cool that you just went straight with the whole, I'm going to be a doctor and no one's going to stop me. I think that's so cool, Kelly, or Dr. Moore, sorry. So thank you so much. So anyway, so do you have anything more you'd like to add? Or I think that's about all I needed to ask you. Uh, I don't think so. I think I covered it all. Well, thank you so much, Kelly, for sharing your employment success story with us. Your employment journey is really sure to help a lot of people out there with their, their own um, employment journey. So thank you again and have a great day. Okay. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye Kelly.